everyone, and welcome back to To The Point Podcast. Good, you guys are all doing well. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, it's It's been a wild uh, week. Uh, I know I was only on once last week on the podcast for the World Juniors. I was in Edmonton. As you can see, I'm back in my familiar confines here. Um, yeah, so kind of give you a rundown of last week. I'm at the World Junior Tournament, loving it, you know, catching every game in Edmonton, which is never been there before eh, it's not my favorite city but we won't go into that today but it fantastic rink beautiful facility um watched uh canada versus the czechs you know the czech germany game which was great saw austria finland and the last game i get was canada austria on that faithful tuesday evening and I had the wherewithal, I had the thought to say, well, I kind of want to get something from this tournament. You can't buy a drink. You can't buy, uh, you know, a, a food. You can't buy food. Can't bring anything in because of new rules. But I decided to get this hat that I'm wearing today. And I decided to wear it today just because I wanted to, you know, it's, it's a really comfortable hat, really nice looking Hockey Canada hat. Um, but it... Uh, Wednesday when I woke up and it was about eight, nine, eight, nine o'clock Edmonton time. I saw that Bob McKenzie tweeted out that the Finland, who were they going to play that day? Germany, Finland, Finland, Czech Republic, Czechia were supposed to play at noon mountain time. And that was being canceled. And I said, okay, it's not good. And then I see Russia, 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 Slovakia, sorry, is being postponed that afternoon in Red Deer. And I'm like, oh, no. And before Canada can drop the puck that night, supposed to play Germany, it's announced that the tournament is canceled. And I'm not going to lie, I, uh, a few curse words in my hotel room, um, and it was... It was tough because I was the hockey was so phenomenal and the tournament means a lot to me. It, you know, I've I've talked about you know March Madness being a tournament I love. I love the World Juniors and it. Thankfully, I was able to get on a bird uh, the next morning, get home the next day. Which, you know, if you could have seen that Edmonton airport that morning, it was bumping. This was at four o'clock in the morning. I got to see all of Team Canada uh, put their bags on the gurney. It was so upsetting to you know, see the looks in their faces. And but I did get to speak to Mason McTavish, yeah, one of the stars of Team Canada, for 10 minutes. He was on my flight. So um, I, I, I talked to him for a minute. Uh, you know, he's a really nice young man, a uh, great hockey player. And, um, you know, what I hope from this is – you know, I was talking to my dad about COVID today and I'm a cynic. I take the negative uh, argument 95% of the time because that's, I don't know why that's just my, that's just my brain. That's my makeup. And he said, well, hopefully this is a quick wave. Everybody, for lack of a better term, gets it. And then nobody can get it again for a while until the next variant. Hopefully the next variant is something that we can all pronounce. Like maybe you can call it, you know, like, I don't know, COVID-19 Paul or something that I mean, it's too close to Jake Paul. Cause I think he's already got his own kind of virus uh, that, that Paul family, 
they, they definitely got something in the water there and it's not, uh, not exactly kosher. So maybe not Paul, but you get my drift. Maybe make it Noah because I'm such a negative, I'm negative all the time. Maybe that's exactly what needs to happen. The next variant is called Noah and it'll be the first time we hear something, uh, and that'll really get the, uh, Noah's Ark, the Bible people really fired up, which, which would be fun too, but let's save that for another day. But yeah, I, I feel terrible for, for the players. And, you know, I guess I saw a lot of them. I, I had a, a few Slovak players that play in the, uh, in the QMJHL on my flight uh, to Montreal. So they were uh, on the flight. Uh, you know, I saw people all over the airports that were decked out in, in their country's gear. Obviously, I don't know if you've heard about the Russians. They're supposed to fly out Friday night. They were actually booted off their flight because of uh, coaches smoking cigarettes, players not wearing their masks. Uh, so that doesn't surprise me coming from uh, coming from the Russians' point of view. But um, yeah, so I was supposed to be there ten days. I was there four. Um, <laughs> which when you think when you hear that, it's really like wow. That was a. Uh, I was just getting acclimated to the to the time zone. Uh, first time being out west and uh i'm back i'm back in new brunswick and not only that but i get back and then you know there's a, a covid scare and it's going everywhere so then i have to isolate for three days and i did i did not test positive but i uh, did you know take a bunch of rapid tests and not see anybody and you know be a be a good civilian you know just protect everybody right so that was my week and it sucked quite frankly. Uh, but I got to go, I got to see a few games. If I'm seeing the positive side here, I mean, Owen power is better than I thought he was. Buffalo has got themselves a damn player. McTavish. Uh, I got to see Bedard have his four goal game. That was incredible. You know, Matvey Michkov. It's unfortunate. I want to see him play in person. I did not get to do that. I want to see him play against Canada, against Bedard, and hopefully they can schedule a tournament in July. And hopefully Sawyer, um, you know, my my in for this tournament, gets his ticket that he had this time, and we get to go again because that would be phenomenal uh, because I don't care if it's 30 degrees here in July. I will go because hockey sports means more to me than weather. I don't care the time of year. It was dash 40 in Edmonton. It was cold coming back here. It's like, you know, it's like summer. Like now I'm just like, okay, well I can get through this for the rest of the winter. That's one blessing in disguise. But I mean, to be honest, guys, it's been hard to podcast because everything is just COVID. NHL can't play COVID postpone games, COVID who tested positive. And it's just, you know, there's one NHL game tonight. Um, there's going to be no games in Canada for a while. And for people wondering, well, why did Toronto play a home game Saturday? Why did Toronto play a home game this coming Wednesday? I'll tell you why, because it's a sports net game because it's Wednesday night hockey. It's hockey night in Canada. They need those ratings. They need that TV money. That's why they're playing in front of no fans in Toronto. And uh, for season ticket holders, I'm sure that's not a great thing to hear, but 
that's, that's why it's a business. And do I think that barns in Canada should be a thousand people or none? No, I, I was just in Edmonton. It, they said it was 50% full. It sure didn't feel 50% full to me. It felt like, and if people don't want to go because they're afraid, that's fine. You're entitled to, to that choice. But I do think people should be given the choice. I mean, we're two years into this. And it feels like we haven't moved forward at all. And the fact that we're not going to have people in, in Barnes, in New Brunswick, no youth hockey, and uh, no youth sports, it's, it's really defeating. And that's why I'm saying when it's talking, when it's podcasting about hockey, it's difficult, but I'm going to spruce up. You know, we're into a new year. I'm going to try to punch out more content than I have ever. And I, I've been doing this for over a year now. This coming year, it's going to be the best year yet for To The Point. We're going to pump out a lot of content, great guests. I'm going to try to learn. I'm going to work for you guys. I want to work to improve the podcast, improve myself, talking to you guys. Uh, there's always room for growth. and you know, for frequent listeners, let me know what I can do to make your experience better. Um, maybe you want to see me wear this cool hat all the time. I'll wear it, whatever. You know, you want to hear me talk to people. You want to hear me cover a sport that maybe I'm not right now, that you want to hear me break down. I totally open to that, um, you know. And I know for some people here in, in Canada, football is not the be all end all. And maybe I talk too much football. Let me know. Uh, I love it. It, it. It's it, it's it's just the biggest point of my life when it comes to sports. There's nothing better than fo than football to me. I mean, this past weekend, I watched a ton of college bowl games, the college semifinals. Then yesterday was a great NFL day, which we're going to talk about today in the podcast. I did watch the Winter Classic. Boy, did it ever look cold. Um, St. Louis, a team that I really like to watch play, and Minnesota for that matter. Um, didn't really watch a whole lot of Toronto, Ottawa, to be completely honest, because I, Toronto looked good, but it was really, did they look good or did Ottawa just look like they came bone from a, from a bar and drank about 50 beer? I mean, they were fucking terrible. But we're going to pump out more content. Me and Seamus are going to keep doing our thing. We're going to finish Breaking Bad tomorrow. We're going to, I'll see what he wants to do when it's another show whether it's um, whether it's movies, you know, and also let us know what you want covered. You know, if you want something, if you want to cover a certain film, a film, a certain show, you know, send it to uh, IG, Facebook, DM us. You can send me a personal message and uh, we'll do it. You know, there's no, it can be a comedy. There's, there's no, there's no holes barred here uh, to the point, as you guys know, it's to, it's to the point. It's no old bard. We'll talk. It can be stepbrothers to uh, saving private Ryan. You know, there's no, there's no range when it comes to what we'll do here, but um, yeah, a lot, a lot of good things coming in, in the new year, hopefully 2022 fingers crossed that it's going to be a good year for everybody. And as we get into January, it is really the, this past weekend is normally the end of the, NFL season it's week 17 but last year in the offseason the uh, players association 
in the NFL, Roger Goodell agreed to have a 17th game, a 18th week. So we get an extra week of football. And are there going to be games next week that are irrelevant? Yes. However, we are shaping up for a great last week. I, I like uh, what ESPN has done with two games on this coming Saturday. I love that. College football being done um, and only one afternoon hockey game as I look uh, ahead to the sports calendar. But yesterday was a chaotic day. It was a day that it laid the groundwork for the future going forward in the NFL when it comes to playoffs, when it comes to home locales. It, it showcased some really good teams, and it also showed us, well, is that team really that good? And you could say that on either side of, of the border, so to speak, the AFC-NFC divide. But I was going to start AFC because I think you had the game of the day between the, the Chiefs and Bengals. But there's a bigger story that I have to talk about. And I'm going to talk about games. I'll talk about trends, players I'm worried about. But then there's this guy that he's so hard to like. And if you liked him before and you still like him today, I don't think you're really a sports fan. And you're probably root for the Jets because you probably don't like to win. But Antonio Brown is one of the most talented wide receivers in the history of the National Football League. There's no denying it. Top 10 in catches. Top 10 in yards. Top 10 in touchdowns. For a six-year period, he averaged over 120 catches a season with 12 touchdowns. That's Jerry Rice-esque. However, throughout this man's incredible career statistically he's been a nuisance he was in Pittsburgh where him and Big Ben didn't go get along 2019 season final week of the season where they're still fighting if they win the game and with the with the Ravens loss they make the playoffs he doesn't show up for the game just doesn't show up doesn't show up prior to this they win a divisional game. He does a Facebook Live in the locker room of Coach Mike Tomlin's speech. And he was kind of lambasting the Patriots to get his Steelers in the right mindset to go kick some ass. Which, if that's not, if that's not material to use for, this, for, the, for the Patriots, I don't know what is. I don't know what is. So then Pittsburgh lets him go. After he couldn't get along with Big Ben, didn't like Big, okay, people don't like Big Ben, so maybe they felt bad for him to say, you know, he's right, Big Ben, he had that lawsuit that he never was actually, uh, was never a criminal lawsuit, but you know what, Big Ben's a pig, okay, uh, even though Big Ben's won two Super Bowls and A.B. At, at that point had won none, but nevertheless, Big Ben sucks, we hate him, let's move on, okay, fine, he goes to then the Oakland Raiders where he is late to training camp. The NFL sets up a new helmet mandate where these old helmets are gone. Nobody, Tom Brady, who most people deem the GOAT, 
cannot wear his old helmet. Brady doesn't like the rule, but it's about concussions. It's about CTE. Deal with it. He doesn't. He starts to bitch and complain. Doesn't dress in preseason games. Then throughout this whole training camp, which they were on hard knocks, by the way, goes in the, you know, the chamber. And you can't go in this hyperbaric chamber, this pad, with wet feet. He goes in with wet feet. He gets blisters. His feet turn all to hell and can't play. Then he asks for his release. Throughout this, he's also dealing with a domestic violence suit. And he's also dealing with not paying his trainer, not paying his personal chef. So it seems to be adding up an old AB. But throughout all of this, he's got all the talent in the world. He's ripped. He's got speed. He's Antonio Bleepin' Brown. And he goes to New England, plays one game. Tom Brady really likes him because, yeah, he's uber talented. But what, is he, what does he do after one game? He gets cut for domestic violence suit and also criticizing the owner, Robert Kraft. This guy. So then Tampa gives him a chance. Bruce Arians, so clearly the head coach, wants nothing to do with him. Had him in Pittsburgh when he was the QB coach for Big Ben. Doesn't like AB. But Tom Brady, the greatest leader in all professional football, and that's satirical, by the way, wants him. And to his credit, he kept him in line. He wins a Super Bowl, catches a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. He gets redeemed. He is now a made man. He's a Super Bowl champion. Comes back this season. Deals with injuries. But then in the middle of the season, we find out that he, he got someone to make him a fake vaccination card. Which this is not necessary. It is not a requirement to be vaccinated in the NFL. It's not. But, so you, you could just say, you know what, I'm not getting vaccinated. That's my personal opinion. Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, lots of players. Darius Leonard with the Colts, an all-pro. They didn't want to get vaccinated. Okay, that's your personal decision. Did we hear Kirk Cousins get criticized this past weekend because he didn't want to get vaccinated? No. Did they get crushed last night at Lambeau? You bet. But we didn't hear people saying, well, Carson Wentz is selfish. And Kirk Cousins, no. We hear people criticized for lying, like Aaron Rodgers. Did he get slammed? For good reason. Be honest. Be upfront. Face the music. And you got to think you're doing something wrong if you're not willing to admit what you did. So he does that. He should be cut because he's not worth the time of day anyway. But it, it all comes back to Tom Brady. Tom Brady wants him. Tom Brady says, no, I, Chris Godwin tore his ACL. I, I need him. I need him, coach. I need him. Okay. Plays against Carolina. Catches 10 balls for 100 yards and a touchdown. Things are going great. Until this past weekend. Until yesterday. And 
I have never seen something like this. Albert Breer and Ian Rockport, both you know, great sources, both work for the NFL Network, Monday morning quarterback. Kimo basically said that AB said he was dealing with an injury. And what I believe AB, hell no. Because if it looks like a rat, give it cheese. And he said he's banged up. He can't go back into the game. Well, okay. For BA says, I, I need you. You know, we're down receivers. Can you please go back in the game? AB, no. BA again. AB, I, I need you to go back in. Like, people are playing fucking hurt here. You know, it's only Gronk's hurt. He's had nine back surgeries. Get in the fucking game. No. So then BA says, okay, then, then beat it. Get, get out of here. You're done. You're, you're done for the day. But he doesn't act like it. Like a human being, doesn't act classy. Takes off his helmet, takes off his shoulder pads, throws them on, on the, uh, on the bench, then rips off his shirt, throws it into the stands, throws his gloves, and basically gives the New York Jets crowd a wave goodbye, effectively signaling the end of his career. And there's a couple things here. You don't need to play professional sports to know that Antonio Brown's just. He's just not a good team. He's not a good person. I mean, you don't give up on your teammates. There are guys that have played four or five minutes a game that don't get opportunities, that get benched, that are in poor situations, but they handle it like a pro. They go in there, game in, game out, and play because that's the job. He says he's dealing with an injury. He says he's got all these problems. Well, you're lucky to be on a freaking roster. You don't have the right to say, okay, I'm dealing with an issue right now. You just don't. I'm sorry. Get your ass in the game. And just the way he left, this he should never play in the NFL again because his actions are not – his actions are greater than his production. Before his production – was so elevated that you say, well, you know what? We'll keep him because, yeah, he's a pain in the ass, but he's catching close to 200 balls. He's getting close to 2,000 yards receiving. We need him. Okay? You could justify that. But now he's just a run-of-the-mill receiver. Mike Evans is better than him. Chris Godwin, when healthy, is better. Brady trusts Gronk a hell of a lot more. And – I just look around the league. If you're a bad team, why do you want this cancer in your locker room? Why do you want to have a locker room that's already stinks and then you carry in a skunk and you have it by the tail and just say, okay, go ahead. Fire away. That's, that's not what you want. He shouldn't play in the NFL again. And yesterday should disqualify him from the Hall of Fame. Because as of right now, he has a Hall of Fame career. He has a Hall of Fame arc. But you don't get to the Hall of Fame of a pro sport by quitting on your team. And I heard some people in the media mention yesterday, oh, well, he's just pulling a Terrell Owens. Okay. Well, I'll start off. Terrell is one of my favorite players in NFL history. 
Carroll is, to, in my opinion, the second greatest receiver ever behind Jerry Rice. A lot of people might say Randy Moss. Okay, I'll take I'll take Terrell because I like Terrell more. Both of them never won a Super Bowl, even though Randy Moss was deemed a team player. Um, Terrell, did he have problems with quarterbacks? Yes. Did he play for that many great quarterbacks? Not really. Jeff George, John Kitna, Tony Romo, no Hall of Famers there. Then he. He doesn't speak to Donovan McNabb to this day, but he was playing for the Eagles in 2007. I uh, sorry, in 2004, sorry, against the Eagles. 2007, uh, Brady was losing to Michael Strain and the Giants. But 2004, he has a broken leg and he plays in the Super Bowl. He has a bro, he is beyond hurt. A normal human being does not play in the Super Bowl with a broken leg. Doesn't play, period. Doesn't play hopscotch the next day. He plays an entire NFL game, has eight catches, over 100 yards receiving, and Philly nearly beats the Patriots. There's no comparison. Terrell had a drive to win. He might not have loved every one of his teammates. He didn't, may, may not have loved every quarterback he played for. But he didn't say, I'm not going out there. I'm packing it in. Antonio Brown is a nuisance. Antonio Brown is a pain in the ass. And another person who should take blame for this, and a person I look at his media yesterday as a complete phony, as complete garbage, that's Tom Brady. Tom Brady wanted to keep Antonio Brown. He said, I need him, coach. I can keep him in line. I can contain him. Well, the greatest leader in sports couldn't contain Antonio Brown yesterday. He couldn't contain that ego. And now he's like, well, we should worry about AB's mental health. And maybe Antonio Brown's dealing with some mental health issues. And I really hope he gets those resolved because mental health is real and everybody should get the help that they need. However, this guy has had multiple, multiple issues. And for Brady just to go up there and sing his praises while he quit on him. If this wasn't Antonio Brown, if this wasn't a guy Tom Brady basically put up on a pedestal and said, I love him. He'd be killing this player. Yesterday, Tom Brady resorted back into New England Brady where he's just, you know, we're on, we're on to Cincinnati. You know, he's just a drone. He gave us nothing. And this is on Brady. I don't care what anybody says. You chose to keep him. He acted like a, like a little child. You're supposed to be the parent. You couldn't keep him in line. You deserve blame. And also the narrative that, and just for, for record, I picked Brady to win the MVP before the year. I predicted the Bucs will repeat as Super Bowl champions. This is not Brady hate. This is just facts. And also the fact, well, AB quit on the team and then Brady rallied for a big comeback victory. You beat the Jets. The Jets stink. Zach Wilson had a hell of a game yesterday. His best is a pro, no doubt about it. But Brady had a comeback go drive against the New York Jets. 
Was Joe Namath quarterback? Like, what are we talking about here? The JETS Jets? I don't give a crap if every player quit on the team but you. You're playing the Jets. The pathetic Jets. Like, I look at yesterday. If Robert Sala, who goes for it on fourth down with about minute 58 left, if they convert, Jets win the game. If they kick a field goal, the game goes to overtime. Who knows how that goes? But you give Tom Brady two minutes, I don't care if there's no timeouts or not, he's going to score. That's just what he does. Yeah, he's a, he's a clutch, clutch player. No doubt about it. But just to sing his praise and just the gift of Gab about coming back against the Jets, the fact that you're in a game in the last two minutes against New York Jets tells me more about you than anything else. It's not about the heroics. It's about the fact that you almost let the Jets beat you. And I still believe in the Bucs. I still like this team. Okay, Godwin being out really hurts it. AB as a skill player hurts it. But his presence under that locker room, I think can only help this team. Because he's a nuisance. He's a pain in the ass. He doesn't deserve to be on an NFL roster, point blank. But I, I mean, for him to walk out, for this Bucks roster, I look at it and say their defense needs to improve quick. Shaq Barrett's been out. He should be back for the playoffs. But Vita Vea, get to the quarterback. To me, I really thought about this yesterday. And there's three keys, in my opinion, to win in the NFL and just win football games in general. These are my three keys to winning and ultimately, I think the team that does this, the, these three things the best, will win the Super Bowl. And I do think the Bucs have the capabilities to do these three things effectively. Number one, rush for 100 yards. Get 100 yards rushing per game. You, sh you should win most games that you play in. And if you can get a rusher that does a lot of it, you look at the Bucs, Rojo, Keyshawn Vaughn, you might have more than one guy, but get some your rushing attack. We see teams lose all the time because they don't rush the ball enough. Rush for at least 100 yards. Two, don't turn the ball over. Why were the Jets kind of in that game yesterday? They didn't turn the ball over. They didn't turn the ball over. The Bucs did once. Brady threw an interception. But if you don't turn the ball over, you have a chance to win every game. There was a few outliers yesterday. The Raiders won a game where they – turn the ball over twice. Colts didn't turn the ball over at all. But if you don't, Arizona Cardinals did not turn the ball over yesterday. They beat the Dallas Cowboys. Again, this is basic. It's basic football here. Don't win the turnover battle. You'll win the football game more often than not. Score points off those turnovers. That's number two. Number three, rush the passer. And what, have a pass rush that can win and get consistent pressure so that the quarterback is throwing off balance. He doesn't have time in the pocket. He's escaping. He's pressured. He makes decisions he wouldn't normally make. And can the Bucs do that? They did that. That's why they won last year. They didn't win because of Tom Brady. He won Super Bowl MVP. Okay. But 
Do you really think he was the best player in that game? Well, he wasn't. But did Shaq Barrett, did Vita, did they make Patrick Mahomes run for his life? You're damn right. And that was the biggest reason they won, because their defense came to play. Now, you need your quarterback to be really good. But can you consistently get pressure on the opposing quarterback? Can you make his day difficult? Can you tire him out, make him run all over the field? That can be the difference between you winning and losing a game. Now, I look at this list. Can the Bucs run the football? Yes, they're not great at it, though. Now, they could be the outlier where Tom Brady throws the ball 56 times a game. I don't love that because there are some defenses that will give them trouble. There are some defenses that have some really good pass rushers. And if you throw that many times, they're going to get home eventually because it's just that's just how it works. But you need to find a balance. They don't they don't turn the ball over that often. Uh, you know, Tom Brady will throw interceptions, but he's pretty, especially in the playoffs, he's good at, at containing the ball. And, you know, hopefully the Bucks defense can force some turnovers. They can run rush the pass. Like it just they can do that when. JPP, when Shaq Barrett, when Vita Vea, when Levante David's healthy and you want to have a, a, a blitz, they can they can get to the opposing quarterback. But to me, that's the key, key ingredient here. What team will do the, these three things the best is a team that will ultimately win the Super Bowl come the second week of February. Sticking with the NFC, becoming to the day Packers are the number one seed. You have a three-way tie for the second seed with the Dallas Cowboys, Los Angeles Rams, and the Tampa Bay Bucks. And just mention the Bucks, they get a win, but you know, it wasn't an impressive when you beat the you beat the, the, the terrible Jets. So way to go. Um, looking ahead, what did we learn yesterday? Well, the Green Bay Packers are have locked up the number one seed in the NFC for the second straight season. The NFC playoffs will go through go through Green Bay, Wisconsin. They destroy the Vikings last night at Lambeau in just freezing temperatures, and that's something last night what we didn't see last year in the NFC Championship game against the Bucks. They were playing in in warm temperatures for Green Bay. It was it was warm. It wasn't very very cold like it was last night. It wasn't miserable weather. And Green Bay's got a hope down the stretch of the playoffs that the cold weather is there. They're Aaron Rodgers used to playing it. All these backs, they're not going to fumble. They're used to. Ken Rojo, Ken Keyshawn Vaughn, Fournette, they're not used to this type of weather, this cold weather. Can you force the ball? Can you get the turnovers that can ultimately lead to you winning? But, you know, they beat Minnesota last night without Kirk Cousins, without Daniel Hunter, without Everson Griffin. It was a battered roster without uh, Adam Thielen, who's having, who had season-ending uh, ankle surgery. So I, I look at Green Bay. They're a good team. Aaron Rodgers, I believe, will, you know, I said Brady before the year. I still think he's right in the mix. I think even though I don't believe that Jets drive meant anything, I think a lot of people in the media will hold on to that and they'll want to give it to the old guy. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the – is the MVP again, but this MVP really is irrelevant to me because it'll be his fourth, which kudos to him. That's not easy to do, but this is all about the playoffs. You know, John Elway went his whole career without, he lost three Super Bowls. 
But towards the end of his career, they got Terrell Davis in Denver. They got Shannon Sharp. They they fired the late Dan Reeves, who passed away over the weekend, and they hired Mark Shanahan. And everything came together. And he won two Super Bowls on his last legs. But and that, that's his legacy. He, he's got two rings, whether you say, well, he didn't earn them because he wasn't his peak. It doesn't matter. He goes out with two rings. Peyton Manning, two rings. Uh, Brett Favre only got one. When we talk about Aaron Rodgers, maybe the best thrower of the football in NFL history. One of the most polarizing players because of his stances, because of how egotistical he is, about how everything has to be parsed. Everything has to be about him. Well, he won a Super Bowl over a decade ago. And to me, you've got home field advantage. You got Devontae Adams, the best receiver in the game. You got a two-headed monster at running back in A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Alan Lazard's a great number two receiver. You David Bakhtiari may be back on the playoffs. That extra week of rest can only help his chances of getting back. Your offensive line isn't what it was to begin the year, but it's still pretty solid. Your defense has played out of its out of its world. Jerry Alexander should be back. You got Eric Stokes playing at a high level, the rookie from Georgia. You signed Rasul Douglas. Off. I mean, this, this lineup's good. They struggle with, with stopping the run. That's one thing. I don't know if they're physical enough, but again, if you line up, if you match up against a team like the Bucs who don't run the football a ton, maybe that bodes well for you. But this is all about Aaron Rodgers. Are you going to be that guy who's only won one Super Bowl? Now, Drew Brees is looked at favorably, but you also got to remember, yeah, he's got a lot of passing yards. He's got a lot of, of uh, great stats, touchdown passes, whatever, longevity awards. But Big Ben has more Super Bowls than Drew Brees. And I think nine out of 10 people would say Drew Brees has been a better quarterback. But it's about the hardware at the end of the day. It's about winning the Super Bowls and you know Big Ben's career might be coming to an end Aaron Rodgers is 38 still playing at an elite level but who the hell knows what he's going to do with his career next does he leave Green Bay a very good situation to go to a Denver to go elsewhere to go to New York potentially where, where does he go and I I just look at this team and say this is your chance Matt LaFleur might win coach of the year probably deserves it done a hell of a job this season. You got home field. You got the number one seed. This should be about locking it in. This should be about Green Bay finally doing Aaron Rodgers said all he wanted last season was home field throughout the playoffs. He had it last year. He couldn't make it work. You have it again this year. What can you do with it? What can you do with it? Can you get back to a Super Bowl? You haven't been to one in a very long time. You're one and four in NFC championship games. That's not a great legacy to continue, but you win that second Super Bowl, people look at you different. You're in a different league. Yes, Dan Marino is looked at as one of the greatest throwers of the football ever. You can make an argument Dan Marino is more talented than Drew Brees, more talented than Ben Roethlisberger, more talented than even you know some, some greats, than, John, than Joe Montana in his era. But Joe Montana's got four. Steve Young's got two. Dan, for as good as he was, didn't win any. 
So having two Super Bowls opposed to one, it sounds so minuscule, but it means so much in the grand scheme of things. Imagine what the career of Alex Ovechkin would look like if he found a way to win another cup. He's already the all-time leader in power play goals. He all-time leader in Rocket Richard trophies. I still believe he's the greatest goal scorer of all time, but imagine the Washington Capitals win another Stanley Cup, and he has two. He would go from people label him the guy that the greatest player to never win a Stanley Cup. He'll never win. He's a selfish Russian to winning two Stanley Cups in the same era as Sid the Kid Crosby. Even one validates him as, as a winner, validates him as a great player. But imagine what could happen. Two, when you say two, it's different than one. It was back in, I'm reading Mark Messier's book right now. He said winning two to three in a row, it's just a, back in the 80s, back in the, it was just different. Those Montreal Canadiens teams, the Islanders under Al Arbor, they're, they're looked at differently. The Oilers won two in a row, then they, they dropped a crazy series to the Flames, and Mark Messier said, we were better than Calgary. We should have won three in a row. They ended up winning that following year. It would have been four in a row, but they only won two in a row in that time frame. Imagine they don't fall to Calgary. They're, they're still a great team. Mark Messier is still a great player, but he didn't win multiple cups in a row. The Blackhawks, are, they are great. They won three cups in five years. But could you argue the Pittsburgh Penguins of 2015 to 2017 were better than the Blackhawks of the early, uh, early 2010s? You could make that argument because the Blackhawks never won multiple cups in a row. It's just different. All these different sports have these little touch points. And I think for, for the game of football, two Super Bowls is just, it, it puts you in a different mind, mindset, different, different sphere. Eli Manning is not a great quarterback. He led the, inter, led the NFL in interceptions three separate times. But why is he likely, I think for sure, going to get to the Hall of Fame? Because he has two Super Bowls. And was he the most important aspect of the team winning those two Super Bowls? No, but if Eli Manning, as of right now, will go down with more Super Bowl victories than Aaron Rodgers. It's just different. Aaron Rodgers will still get into the Hall of Fame. Aaron Rodgers will still be looked at as one of the most talented players to ever play the position. But getting that second title in the NFL is like winning two to three Stanley Cups in a row in hockey. It's like winning multiple scoring titles in the NBA. What do you hear about? Well, LeBron's only won one scoring title. MJ won 10. There's a big difference there. Scoring is more important than assists. And as a guy that had way more assists and goals, I, I hate that. But that's just how it's looked at that. And it's artificial. I mean, it's, it's people discussing it. It's past players. It's media people. It's, it's me and you. But that is where we're at. And I look at Green Bay. You crush Minnesota. I, if, I'm, if I'm Green Bay, this is what's going to happen. They play this Sunday against Detroit. Then they'll be off a week. Then they'll play the following week in the divisional playoff game. I would play Aaron Rodgers for a quarter or a half this coming week. Because I don't want him sitting out an entire two weeks 
by playing for a quarter, see what he does against Detroit just to keep him fresh. Then you have your week off. Hopefully Bakhtiari can come back healthy. His toe can heal. You play Jordan Love the rest of the half. But I would play him a little bit this weekend because, yes, he's a veteran. Yes, he's been through this. But I want him ready. I want him focused on winning another Lombardi. And we'll, we'll see what, what Matt LaFleur decides to do. But I would play him a little bit this weekend. Have three quarterbacks dressed so that when you go to Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers could take off his gear, maybe assign Blake Bortles to a, you know, a one-week contract. We saw New Orleans do that a few weeks ago. Blake Bortles was with at Green Bay to start the season when Aaron was late to show up to, to OTAs and minicamp. So Blake Bortles would know the system. So potentially that's some, that's a route they can take, sign Blake Bortles and, and move on from there. But Green Bay, this is your chance. This is your opportunity to really step on throats and, and Aaron Rodgers to win that second Super Bowl. Also the NFC. Yesterday was a really impressive day for the Arizona Cardinals. And I really think the only outcome yesterday for the Dallas Cowboys was going to be failure. And it was going to be, well, you did what you're supposed to do or you lost to a team you should have beat. And that's a tough position to go to be in going into a game. Because I look at the game and say, well, the Cowboys were six-point favorites at home. And Arizona had been playing some terrible football. Kyler Murray was turning the ball over. They were just finding ways to lose. They got blown up by Detroit. It was just an ugly scene in Arizona for a lengthy period of time. And, but what happens in the game? Kyler Murray plays his best game, in my opinion, since week three against, or week four against the Rams, where he, he just came out, he controlled the offense. He made smart decisions on, on, on play action, on read plays. And he just looked like a general out there. And what did he do? He didn't turn the ball over. He had two touchdown passes, no turnovers. They ran the ball for over 100 yards. Check. And what did they do? They forced one turnover. Check. My free checklist, Arizona wins the game by three points. They also have a gutsy play where they uh, they go for it on, on a fourth down, on a, on a play where they have a fake punt. Chris Banjo, the safety throws a pass to, to uh, Jimmy Ward, the running back, a crazy catch, and it works out for them. But they did what they had to do. Kyler ran the ball nine times for 44 yards. Chase Edmonds ran the ball. They had uh, they threw Zach Hurts at seven catches. He's been really important in the offense. D-Hop is not healthy, but they found a way to win. And I look at Dallas, and Dak Prescott is Jack on Hyde. I, that's how I look at him. He he had three touchdown passes yesterday. And on paper, it looks like a great day. One to Cedric Wilson, one to Michael Gallup, who tore his ACL on the play, and one to Amari Cooper. But he was just average yesterday. He made some really poor decisions. He fumbled the ball on a hit, which really, really cost him. He missed open throws. He you see him run. He let this is another problem for Dallas. They are undefeated when they run the ball more than they pass. And I'm not saying when it comes to yardage, but just when it comes to plays, when they run the ball more than they pass the ball, they are undefeated in the Dak Prescott era. Yesterday, Dak Prescott threw the ball 38 times, which is a lot. And I look at, they ran the ball 17. 
that's not a good that's not good production they only had 45 yards rushing yesterday that's not enough i look okay Ezekiel Elliott, you don't trust him. You know, he's nine for 16 yesterday. Tony Pollard has got to be hurt because he only had um he only had three carries for nine yards. Well, you have Cedric Wilson, who's an electrifying guy. Use him out of the backfield. Use him in jet sweeps. I think he could be a if you watch San Francisco and with the what they do with Debo Samuel, I think Cedric Wilson could be that guy. <laughs> CD Lamb's electric with the ball in his hands. Use some screen action. Just run the foot. Have some running tight plays where it's not always on Dak to, to throw the ball to be the hero of the game. And too often, that's what's happening. And it's a huge win for Arizona. But I look at Dallas. Okay, they didn't turn the ball over yesterday. That's something they've been doing a ton. They don't do it yesterday. But you expect Arizona only put up 25 points. If you're Dak Prescott, if you're Dallas, you need to win that game yesterday. And you don't. And that's so unfortunate for that team. That needs to be a game you win when you hold it, hold an opponent to 25 points. But kudos to Arizona. But we look at the NFC standings now. And they go as follows. Green Bay locked up the number one seed. The Los Angeles Rams are currently the number two seed, tied with Tampa Bay, both at 12 and four. The Rams squeaked by with a victory over Baltimore yesterday on the road. Lamar Jackson didn't play again. I don't expect him to play the, the finale of the season. He's banged up. They're not going to make the playoffs this season. It's really been a, a downward spiral for them. But, you know, Matthew Stafford, five picks in his last two games. He's really not playing great football. But L.A. picks it up for him. Cooper Cup continues to be just the stud that he is. They find a way to win. So kudos to them. That's all you got to do in this league is just find a way. Can you overcome that? Can you find a way to, to win? They went 20 to 19, game-winning touchdown OBJ with just 57 seconds left in the clock. So they win the game. But, you know, Stafford looks a bit tentative. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. You know, Baltimore only turned the ball over once, but you're if you're LA and I look at this team, they're really good. Jalen Ramsey, in my opinion, the best corner in football. Aaron Donald, the best defensive player in football. You got Stafford, who's a top 10 to 15 quarterback when he's at his best. Cooper Cup is in the top five of receivers. You know, OBJ is not what he used to be, but what he is great at is hauling in touchdowns. That's what he's been doing since he's came to L.A. Sony Michelle, not an elite elite back, doesn't jump off your page. What he's been doing lately, they run the ball just enough. He had 74 yards rushing yesterday, but 19 carries. That's that's the important thing to see. Continue to run the football. Um, but they have everything you'd want. But again, it's a 29. It shouldn't be that close against a Baltimore team that's beat to hell. But can Stafford be better than Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs? Can Stafford be better than Tom Brady in the playoffs? Because otherwise, I look and say at the, at the playoff structure, can he be better than Kyler Murray? Yes, I believe he can. Uh, Kyler Murray beat him one time head-to-head -head this season. But if L.A. is at home, I like L.A. to win that game just because I just, you know, there's going to be no DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watts out for the season for Arizona. They're a little bit more beaten and battered. And I, Kyler Murray does not have a receiver that he can trust, you know, 10 out of 10 times to go up there and make a catch. 
It's not AJ Green. AJ Green's not what he used to be. It's not Christian Kirk. He's more of a gadget guy. Again, it's almost Zach Ertz they acquired at the trade deadline. But again, he's a tight end that is not going to break away. But I think they're just missing something. Their defense is really good. You know, Buddha and Chandler Jones and Byron Murphy Jr. They got some ballers in that defense. But I I think LA's got a better team. Dallas. Well, for Dallas, if if Dak Prescott played like he did this year against Atlanta, or if he played the way he did this year, like he did last week uh, against the Washington football team, I believe Dallas is is a bigger threat to to uh, Tampa than Green Bay because I still have Tampa higher on my list. But he's so Jekyll and Hyde. I love their defense. Randy Gregory, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Trayvon Diggs in the secondary. This team is loaded on Doris Armstrong, who got a sack yesterday. This team can flat out rush the passer. They always win the turnover battle. And unfortunately, they don't run for anything. And they don't run the ball enough. So that's the one flaw in my three-tier metric here. But they have a really, really good team. But if Dak Prescott can find it, I think they can compete with L.A. I think they're right there with them. San Francisco... You know, interesting, San Francisco finishes the season against the Los Angeles Rams. And they need to win that game because New Orleans is at 8-8. Eight and eight. They win yesterday. Um, they get a big win. And against, uh, who did they play? Some junk team yesterday. Uh, Carolina. And, you know, if New Orleans beats Atlanta and then they, and San Francisco loses, New Orleans will make the playoffs. San Francisco won't. So San Francisco is still a lot of pressure, but you know, it, if it, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo who's doing with a thumb injury or Trey Lance who had a terrible first half yesterday, but rebounded in a big way, looked like the guy that you'd want to draft through overall. Because in that second half, he lit it up. He number one, he didn't turn the ball over in the second half, but he had two touchdown passes. They ran the ball effectively. He had a touchdown pass to Eli Samuel, another one to Eli Mitchell, but. That, that was the game, really. I, I, I was impressed by Trey Lance. So whether either quarterback will wait and see. If New Orleans was to make the playoffs, that's Taysom Hill. I'm not afraid of Taysom Hill at all. So I think looking at it, I think L.A. is right there with the best of the teams. But L.A. and Dallas are similar because I love their defense way more than I love their offenses. And for Green Bay and for Tampa, I like their offense more than I like their defense. So we'll see what wins out in the end. But it should be fascinating because there's still matchups to decide things. Philadelphia clinched a playoff spot yesterday. They're 9-7. and seven. They're going to the playoffs. They play the Cowboys this week. And this week is different because there's two games on Saturday. Saturday, 5-30, we got Chiefs at Broncos to wrap up the season, followed by Cowboys-Eagles. Cowboys are still playing, hopefully to get the, uh, <clears throat> hoping to still get into one of those uh, top three seeds if Tampa loses to Carolina, which is doubtful, or if Los Angeles gets a good test from San Francisco, which is potentially more likely, they could lock, they could get into one of those three seeds, get a better matchup in the playoffs. So both teams will be playing for something because Philly could potentially vault up to that sixth spot. So they would play, as of right now, Tampa in the playoffs. I'd rather, if I'm Philly, I'd rather get that sixth spot. 
uh, and I'd rather stay at seven as of right now and play LA myself and play Tampa. But nevertheless, Jalen Hurts, Philly gets back. Nick Sirianni, rookie coach, gets back to the playoffs. So kudos to him. But those matchups should be fun next week on the NFC side. Also, just looking at the matchups next week, we got uh, Packers games meaningless, Bears Vikings meaningless, Washington Giants meaningless, Saints they win, get some help, they're in. Bucks uh, hoping to keep that number, hoping to potentially get the two seed. Seahawks Cardinals Cardinals, you know, just playing not they could still get the first spot if the Rams lose, Cardinals win next week, they would vault and win the division. So there's still a lot to be decided in the NFC when it comes to when it comes to what's happening and, and how it all shakes out. Now we go to the AFC. And this was some interesting things happened yesterday in the AFC. Some really some some things you didn't expect to see. Well, start today at the Kansas City Chiefs are the number one seed. One winners of seven in a row. Patrick Mahomes playing phenomenal. But he, they go into Cincinnati to play the Bengals. And the Bengals have the have an opportunity to win the AFC North, which if you know the Bengals' history, it, they would lose this game because it's Cincinnati. They just don't win the big game. They, they're allergic to prosperity. But to their credit, Cincinnati comes out and Joe Burrow is – what Joe Burrow is – as proved over the last number of weeks. And I don't even think it's disputable anymore that he is a top five quarterback, that he's right there with the best of the best. When he came out of LSU, he had one season in college, but he, he has such a, an arrogance to him, but it's a likable arrogance because he's, he just balls out on the field. I mean, in his last two starts, Joe Burrow has 971 yards passing and five touchdowns. Sorry, eight, eight touchdowns. That is phenomenal. The guy is just lighting up teams. And, you know, over the weekend in college football, we, we saw Jackson Smith and Jave for Ohio State catch over 300 yards receiving in, in their bowl game win over, uh, over Utah. Well, a rookie receiver who used to play with Joe Burrow and LSU showed why he went as high as he did yesterday, why Cincinnati took a receiver and decided to pass on Penny Sewell, which I doubted at the time. And I have to eat crow today. Jamar chase as a rookie has the most receiving yards by a rookie in the history of the NFL passing Justin Jefferson, who set the record last year. But not only that, he has, 1,429 receiving yards. That's good for fourth in the NFL. Behind only Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, and Devontae Adams. Justin Jefferson's in his second season. He's also second in receiving touchdowns with 13, only behind Cooper Cup, ahead of Mike Evans, ahead of DK Metcalf, Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen. I won't name the rest, you know, trailing behind him. He is, and yesterday, in their biggest game in years, Cincinnati has been waiting for a game that meant something to clinch a division title. It wouldn't matter what happens last the next week against uh, against a team like the Cleveland Browns in their finale. It doesn't matter what happens on Monday Night Football tonight between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. 
Jamar Chase catches 11 balls yesterday two, for 266 yards and three touchdowns. Not only that, he has a 72 plus 76 yard reception. This guy can make the quick slants and break it out and go for a long chunks of yardage. And you could say both teams defense didn't show up yesterday because Mahomes didn't have a bad day either. He went for 259 and two touchdowns, but it was just a shootout. And down the stretch, I hated the way they officiated the game in the last three minutes. I think they almost tried to ruin the game with how many penalties they called. But what a thriller this was. This was the thriller in Manila. This was Tyson Holyfield, two great quarterbacks that we can only hope can stay healthy, that we can only hope stay at these destinations and battle for many years to come because it was Joe Burrow. It was Patrick Mahomes. And it was who can make the last play. And it was Joe Burrow yesterday. 34-31 victory on a walk-off field goal by a rookie, Evan McPherson. And the thing about the Chiefs, they had a crazy day. They ran the ball for over 140 yards, which is so rare for them. Darrell Williams, 14 for 88, two tubs. Derek Gore, Mahomes ran. You know, and you look, well, Nicole Hardman had the most receiving yards on this team. He had a 53-yard catch. Demarcus Robinson, Blake Bell, Pringle, Kelsey, they spread the ball around. Joe Burrow threw for 446 and four touchdowns, but he had 266 to Jamar Chase. He had T. Higgins had 62, had 39 on one catch. But I said this before the tailspin, and I gave up on them because they were playing terrible. I said the Bengals can beat anybody. And I truly believe that. And the reason I say that is because they have a great quarterback. They have an elite weapon. Their running game is very solid. <laughs> you look at their weapons. T. Higgins is a stud. Uzuma, the tight end, is great. They have everything you'd want in a team. But I, I, I said their defense was Swiss cheese. But when, when Sam Hubbard, when Trey Hendrickson, when that front is playing ball the way they want to, they can beat anybody. And I believe they sent a message because they're 10 and six. Now they clinched their vision title. They finished next week with Cleveland. Cleveland could have something to play for. If they win tonight, they'd be eight and eight. Then they'd hope for either they'd hope for Indy to lose next week. Yeah. They need Indianapolis to lose, which is a long shot because they play the Houston Texans, but they wouldn't be dead to rights yet. So they'd still play Cleveland with something to play for. But at this point, Cincinnati still has a chance to be the number one seed. Tennessee, uh, sorry, Tennessee plays Houston next week. Indy plays Jacksonville, which is even more likely to get a win. But you, you look at the, at the landscape here. I, Kansas, Cincinnati's really, really good, as is Kansas City. And Kansas City's defense has been playing well. They had a rough game where they played a really good team. But Joe Burrow... You get him into the playoffs, he can ride that wave of momentum because he's got that flair. He's got that arrogance. You know, I think Patrick Mahomes has that same, and I'd love to see these two teams meet again in the playoffs. That would be a lot of fun. Um, but the ASC is stacking up to be really interesting because Tennessee, you know, crushes Miami yesterday at home, 34-3. to And I don't think anybody thinks that Tennessee's a great team. I don't think anybody thinks that Tennessee is, you know, unbeatable by any means but they are in they're gonna play houston next week 
They should get that win. They beat the number one seed. So the intrigue is, well, can they get Derrick Henry back for the playoffs? If Derrick Henry can come back, they're in good shape. You got Tannehill, AJ Brown is going to be back healthy. You get a week of rest and you got to go through Tennessee. They're a team that's been in the playoffs the last three to four years. They've gone through these wars. They got to an AFC championship game against Kansas city. Could they find the secret sauce? Potentially. Then you got Buffalo. Buffalo wins yesterday against Atlanta, but it was by no means impressive. I mean, I, I leave that game and I go, you know, Josh Allen had three interceptions. He played terrible yesterday, but he runs the ball 15 times for 81 yards, two touchdowns. And they, they run the ball effectively, but it's against Atlanta. Like you shouldn't be in a dogfight against, it's like beating the Jets. You shouldn't be in a dogfight against Atlanta. You should crush Atlanta. New England destroys Jacksonville. That's what you should do. You, that's what you should do. They, what is New England, when New England wins, what do they do? They run the ball, case in point. They turn the ball over and they get to the passer. What happened? Trevor Lawrence threw three interceptions yesterday. All led to touchdowns, 21 points off turnovers. And what they do? They sacked him three times yesterday. Oh, and what did they do when it comes to running the football? Oh, yeah, they ran for over 150, over 160 yards. Ramondre Stevenson had 100. Damian Harris had only had 35, but he had two touchdowns on the ground. And they didn't have to do much the rest of the day. They took it easy with, you know, because Jacksonville was out of this game by halftime. So to me, I look at the AFC. The team I trust the most is still Kansas City because Kansas City's done it in the playoffs years and years. Cincinnati is, is green when it comes to playoffs. They don't have that experience. Tennessee has more of that failure, has some experience. Buffalo got to the AFC Championship game last year, but I don't love their roster. I don't trust their roster. I don't like their defense as much as I do. Cincinnati, Tennessee, for that matter, who have a great defense, or Kansas City. New England, I like more than Buffalo. But you finish the season, New England goes to Miami. They should win that game. They've already clinched the playoff spot. Buffalo will play the Jets. Again, that should be a win. They will lock up the division. New England will play in, in, a, uh, in a playoff game, likely. If it ended today, New England and Buffalo would play each other for a third time this year. Obviously, they split those meetings. That'd be a lot of fun, too, to see these two teams match up again back in Buffalo, where, uh, oddly enough, New England won that matchup with the crazy wins. Then you, then you look at it. Indy yesterday loses to the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders who are dead to rights, who were just sputtering. They've won two in a row all of a sudden. They're nine and seven. Derek Carr, who I like, didn't have a great game yesterday, but he did enough. Josh Jacobs, Mark, a few special plays with Marcus Mariota. Zay Jones had 100 yards. Hunter Renfro makes big catches. They beat the Colts because Carson Wentz didn't show up until the second half. He was... And it was the first game this season that the Colts lose where Jonathan Taylor rushed for over 100 yards. So now, because the Chargers crushed the Broncos yesterday with Drew Locke, a quarterback, who will be gone sooner rather than later because no Mizzou quarter, no uh, SEC quarterback seem to win in the NFL anymore. He'll be gone. But Justin Herbert had a good day. They, they ran the ball effectively. Again, over 100, forced a couple turnovers. But... Now, 
Next Sunday night, Sunday night football in the Sunday night football finale, the Las Vegas Raiders will play the Los Angeles Chargers. And in Vegas, the winner of this game will make the playoffs. The winner of this team will be one of the wildcard teams, likely the final wildcard spot. They'll play, if it finished today, Kansas City, which would be a divisional game. Chargers beating Kansas City already once this season. The other game going to overtime. The Raiders blown out both times, but who knows? It's the playoffs. But it's, it's, it's winning you're in. You've got to love having that the last week of the season. Put that on Sunday Night Football. This is a huge moment for Justin Herbert, who's in his second season. He's been touted. He's been talked about. Joe Burrow's in his second season. He's going to make the playoffs. That it's like Matt Jones is a rookie. He's going to make the playoffs. Can you do the same thing? For Derek Carr, you're a veteran. Yes, you've made the playoffs, but John Gruden's fired. Rick's, Rick Basaccia is an interim head coach. If you get to the playoffs, could this team go on a run? Can you get Darren Waller back? Can you? What happens to this team if you make the playoffs? Who the hell knows? But I love this game. It's a divisional game the last week of the year. It's win and you're in. It doesn't get better than that in the NFL. And I like the Chargers more, but the Chargers are a team that play great one week, stink it up the next. So if we follow their trends all season, the Raiders will find a way to win this game. But it's just great, great theater. And, you know, Brown Steelers tonight, it could be Big Ben's final game at Heinz Field. I think it will be. The guy is, he just can't do it anymore. He can't throw the ball down the field. And I'm a Big Ben fan, but, you know, it's time for him to move on. You know, it's just not, this isn't not the Big Ben that, that we know. And, you know, it's too bad for him that he's not going to go out being a great player. But he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Both these teams with a win still have a chance to make the playoffs, believe it or not. They would need a lot of help from the, from the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, who yesterday with a loss clinched that they will pick first in the draft for the second consecutive season. After drafting Trevor Lawrence, they're still picking first again. So it's ugly scene in Jacksonville to say the least, but what will they do? Do they go with an, uh, a left tackle and Evan Neal from Alabama? Do they go with a pass rusher like Aiden Hutchinson or Katie on Thibodeau from Oregon? We'll wait and see, but you know, we'll talk about the game tonight, tomorrow. I'm going to talk about some uh, NHL stuff when it comes to COVID. We'll break down the Oilers-Rangers game this evening. Talk some NBA, Kyrie Irving returning. Um, some interesting things about the Lakers. Uh, DeMar DeRozan making an MVP run. Well, so I'm also going to talk tomorrow about college football and less about the bowl games, which I've thoroughly enjoyed. Well, Matt Wright's going to join me on the podcast later in the week. We're going to talk about preview the national championship game, which will be a week tonight. But not only that, we're going to talk about Kirk Herbstreet and what he said about players not loving the game as much as they used to, basically, you know, in my day, and players skipping bowl games. You know, they're going to the NFL, skipping the bowl game to prepare for the NFL and getting criticized for it. I have a big issue with Kirk, with the way he handled that on uh, college game day this past week. So 
we're, we'll get into that tomorrow. Lots to get into. Again, Monday Night Football recap. We'll talk hockey. Uh, some breaking news for you Leaf fans. I guess Austin Matthews tested positive on his uh, rapid test as well as assistant coach. So they're waiting for the PCR results, but uh, Austin Matthews could be on the shelf for, for a little bit of time here as you know, the Leafs are basically getting all their players back. Um, Mariners back healthy. Bill Nylander, Muzzin, Tavares, I mean, all their key ingredients minus uh, 34 were out with COVID uh, recently. So we'll see uh, what plays out there. We'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow. But everybody that supported me over the last year and through 2021, I appreciate it. We're here. It's 2022. We're bringing fire tomorrow. Another podcast. Then me and Chambers are going to finish talking Breaking Bad but throughout the week, we're bringing we're bringing the heat here. We're talk all year. It's gonna be great sports talk. I want you guys to be part of the conversation. Join us on socials. Leave us your thoughts. Uh, you know, in in the comments, YouTube, Facebook, however you get your your material. Subscribe Apple Podcasts um, or Spotify. Um, so it's a new year. It's gonna be great. We're gonna have a lot of fun. I hope you guys are enjoying the content. Um, football playoffs right around the corner. Lots happening. Olympics. Is it going to happen? What's happening? Hopefully my hair is better on the next time we do this because I took my uh, my toque off. But happy new year, everybody. It's 2022. It sucks so far, but we're going to make it good here on the podcast. Have a great night. Enjoy the football games this evening and we'll talk tomorrow.